This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In front beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. All right, let's get into it. God bless you, Sister Brittany. Praise the Lord. Once again, open discussion tonight. We can talk about whatever you want. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. I want to get right into tonight's discussion. We're asking this question. Why are people so uncomfortable with the truth? If you want to be an enemy, if you want to be a bad guy, quote unquote, if you want to be a jerk, if you want to be just completely inappropriate, completely politically incorrect, it does not take much at all. It doesn't take, you don't have to knock over somebody's drink. You don't have to step on somebody's shoes. You don't have to even spit in somebody's face. You can do all of those things. And this thing I'm about to tell you might even be worse off than that. As far as some people are concerned, all you have to do is simply walk into a room and tell the truth. We're in an environment now where it's like a competition for the truth. And that's what I've, what I've titled tonight. Solid talk. It says the battle for truth. And I put truth in quotes for a reason, because when I say the battle for truth, what it really is, is the battle for what we are calling truth. What are we going to call truth right now we who know jesus christ we know who the truth is we know what the truth is we are led by the spirit of truth right but just like we have a spirit of truth there's also the devil in case satan who jesus christ called the father of lies so you can almost say there's a spirit of lies and that's the this idea of lies this 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 thing that propagates the airways right is governed by the enemy jesus himself said verbatim he called satan the prince of this world in the king james version he said that verbatim the prince of this world what did he mean by that did he mean that you know uh satan is more powerful than god of course not but what he meant is that this world and when i say the world i'm not talking about the earth What I'm talking about is the world system, which is economy is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Right. Those things, the world system. All right. I'm talking about the government, the the education system, the world powers, the nations. Right. There's a certain spirit that's behind them. And Jesus called them the prince of this age or the prince of this world and paul called him the prince and power of the air and what is he functioning jesus called him the father of lies so there's so much information that's being circulated around because we live in the information age and in the information age now is right at our fingertips right all sorts of information right at our fingertips all we got to do is just click on log on subscribe just hop on go on to twitter go on to the news go on to google and it's just we're inundated with information and the information is being transported 
through the airways, right? And that's why the uh what do you call it? The um <laughs> thumbnail of this video, I put the television and the radios because that's where it started with the airways, the television and the radios. And now it's moved into now what we call the internet, the World Wide Web, the Wi-Fi, the 5G. And so we got all of this stuff that we're being flooded with. And what that is for a lot of people is opportunity. It's opportunity to do what? To get my point across, to get my ideas across. It's opportunity. And so I did a, a, an early solid talk years ago talking about the, the battlefield of the mind. And that's where the real battlefield is. It's a competition for the minds of people. And that comp competition is won by what? It's won by information. How are we transformed? The Bible says that we're transformed by the renewing of our minds, right? And so the mind is the place where you're able to conform people, right? We can conform people through ideas. And that's literally what we have happening today. We have a generation that is being transformed. And I mean, literally tra like trans, <laughs> transformed through information and ideas they're being fueled by spiritual wickedness in high places right and so that's what we're dealing with and so i'm asking this question today you guys can weigh in why are people so uncomfortable with the truth today i want to use as a backdrop a few things i want to show a video of and by the way i'll go ahead and put the invite link in right now i know y'all ain't gonna come on but i'm just just as protocol <laughs> as protocol anybody want to come in on your cell phone or laptop all you got to do is click the link in the description but as a backdrop i'm going to use a couple of examples and i want to share a clip from a documentary very popular documentary even though because of this war for truth, it's, it's been a bit censored, right? But it's a documentary called What is a Woman? And it's by a guy named Matt Walsh. He's a political and social commentator, very conservative, very right-wing guy, right? Uh, but he asked this simple question that should have a simple answer. And the question became so complicated for some that he was actually able to make a documentary about it. So what I want to do <laughs> is I want to um, I want to share I want to share a clip from the what is a woman documentary and it's a clip of a guy being interviewed by Matt Walsh and he doesn't want to answer this question but he says something very interesting while he's not answering the question. So let's go ahead and start this clip. Let me share the screen by the grace of God. So <laughs> this is Matt here right at the beginning, right? Funny guy. I like him. He's very controversial. A lot of people don't like him. And one of the reasons why is, is because he, he, he uh, shares a lot of truth. He also shares a lot of his opinion. And a lot of people don't like his opinion, and that's fair enough. Uh, but in this documentary, for what it's worth, let's take a listen to this. And hopefully you guys should be able to hear this. Uh, God bless everybody joining in. Praise the Lord. Sister Roxanne, God bless you. Let's listen to this clip real quick. 
So, so what, what is a woman? Why do you ask that question? First red flag, the guy's answering a question with a question. Let me let me get through this. I don't want to interrupt too much. Let me know, by the way, if you can hear this. I want to double check. Y'all should be able to. I just want to triple check. Let's go ahead. I'll, I'll play it straight through. i just really like to know. What do you think the answer to that question is? Well, I'm, I'm asking. That's why I came to a college professor who, who's this is your this is what you do what other kinds of answers have you gotten a lot of like this where you're where you're not answering and i've gotten a lot of that so i think it's interesting that you that you say that some of the people you've you've um interviewed have been um, reluctant to answer it and i think that has a lot to do with the way the questions that preceded it and the the way that you've conducted yourself in the interview how have i conducted myself how do you think you've conducted yourself you, you... <laughs> You just really don't want to answer the questions, do you? I, I came today very willing and, and enthusiastic about answering questions about women's and gender sexuality studies, which is so you wanted to, I do. You wanted to answer questions about women's studies, and so shouldn't the, the first answer you should be able to provide is what exactly is a woman? Well, it's, it, for me, it's, it's actually a really simple answer, and that's a person who identifies as a woman. But what are they identifying as? As a woman. I but but what is that? As a woman... Do you know what a circular definition is? I do. It's sort of like what you're doing right now, where a woman is, is a woman. Because mm -hmm. well, you're seeking what we would call in my field of work an essentialist definition of gender. I think it sounds like you would like me to give you a set of biological or cultural characteristics that are associated with one gender or the other. I'm not seeking any type of definition. I'm just seeking... A definition. Yeah, and I gave you one. So I'm not even sure if that's the clip I wanted. <laughs> In that same interview, though, uh, that guy, Matt, let's see if I can find it. The guy, Matt, basically says, uh, maybe this is it. He basically says that I'm looking for the truth. Let's see if this is it. This might be it. <laughs> let's bring it back to the bottom of the map. All right. Hopefully this is it. I'm just trying to start by getting to the truth, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm really uncomfortable with that language of, like, g getting to the truth. Again, in social why, why life... Is that, why is that uncomfortable? Because that, it sounds actually deeply transphobic to me. Um, and, if you, and, and if you keep probing, we're going to stop the interview. I, if I probe about what the truth is? You keep invoking the word truth, which is condescending and rude. I'm saying is, to you... How is the word truth condescending and rude? Why don't you tell me what your truth is? And you're walking on 30 seconds more of the nights before I get up. What my truth is? Well, I don't think I really have a truth. I think that there's just the truth, like the reality. And so we should begin by trying to figure out what the reality is. Uh-huh. I'm just trying to start by getting to the truth, you know? Okay, so yeah, it's starting I mean, from really the beginning again. That language of Fair enough. Getting right. And I just wanted to show that snippet because I wanted to really look at the mindset of the opponents of truth. And when I say the opponents of truth, I'm talking about the opponents of real truth. Now, you guys tell me, why do you think it was difficult for that guy to answer that question? 
And why do you think it was so uncomfortable or inconvenient for him to just simply talk about the truth? He says, I don't know if I'm comfortable with you using that terminology, the truth, right? Because what he knows is that that the truth by nature is definitive, right? This is the this is one issue that people have. The truth is not an abstract thing. The truth is concrete, right? Um, there's no such thing as my truth, your truth. You can have my experiences. You can have my perspective, your perspective, right? But anything that that is is right for truth is going to have an absolute answer. And the thing about it is the opponents of truth are uncomfortable with the truth as it is today. And the thing about the truth is that the truth is governed by somebody. And we know that that person that is governed by is God. And so what's happening is people are trying to escape the parameters because the truth has parameters. People are trying to escape the parameters that God has set and that he has established for us. And the only way for them to tear that down is to come up with a truth of their own. And I'm putting that in quotes for those who are listening to come up with a truth of their own, because they say, if I can be the arbiter of truth, if I can establish the truth, if I can create my own reality, right, with words and ideas, because we know that God created everything with words. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Then it says in Genesis chapter one, God spoke and said, let there be light. So what they know is that if I can begin to formulate my own reality and my own truth, I no longer have to be subject to these limitations, these parameters, right? These convictions that the real truth brings. And that's what people don't like about the actual truth is they don't like the fact that it's uncomfortable and it's inconvenient, right? What is so inconvenient about it? Look up the word inconvenient. Inconvenient means causing trouble, difficulties, or discomfort, right? Causing trouble, difficulties or discomfort. And we use this phrase when we talk about the truth. There's a lot of good things we say about the truth. You know, we tell little kids, tell the truth and stuff like that. And, and there's a lot of good sayings about the truth. Let the truth be told. Uh, tell the truth, shame the devil. And that's wonderful. But there's also these expressions that we have about the truth that don't flatter the truth, right? Talk about the uncomfortable truth, the inconvenient truth. We talk about the truth hurts. And you guys might have heard me say before, the truth doesn't hurt. What actually hurts, because, and I say that because Jesus Christ is the truth. What actually hurts is the lie that you were married to, right? You know, for us to say the truth hurts, it's like saying that reality hurts. And it can be some, some things that we go through in life that are painful. I'm not denying that. But what it really is, is just this idea that, okay, I don't like what was said or what was done, right? But when I find out the truth about it, what really is the issue is the transgression, okay? The truth comes to shed light. The lie was just keeping everything in the dark. So, so another phrase we have, even though the truth is not in it, is this idea that ignorance is bliss, right? To a certain degree, 
that can be true <laughs> right if you don't know you don't have any any basis right but then when you do know then it becomes an issue and so we kind of have this love-hate relationship with the truth and it's spilling over into society where people who don't like the way that god created that's really what it boils down to anti-truth people are anti-christ people because christ is the truth so if you don't like the truth you're anti-christ by default and that's a lot of the spirit that's governing this age while we're propagated with so many lies and so many people just don't want to function in truth what i want to do now is i want to get to a few comments anybody who wants to weigh in on this you can go ahead and uh, click the link and you can come on i don't think you necessarily need to show your face uh but it'll probably have your microphone set up and stuff like that but i just found that so interesting and one of the reasons why this came to mind this week is because there's a guy named alex jones most of you have probably heard about him. Now, I'm not a follower of Alex Jones. I never really got into Alex Jones. I've never even probably watched a full Alex Jones video, but I understand him to be sort of like a, a, a face or I'm even maybe use this word like a, a founding father of a lot of what we know as the truth or truther movement today. Now, those who get really deep into it, they'll say Alex Jones is a shell, you know, meaning that he's controlled opposition. I'm not really going to get too deep into all of that. But for what he's known for, he's known for being a truther, a.k.a. what the world would call a conspiracy theorist. And over the years, he's ran into issues because of this. Uh, I think at one point he got deplatformed. Right. He he was kicked off of YouTube. He was kicked off of some other platforms and he has his own platform called Infowars. But what happened recently is he actually got into a legal uh, dispute. Right. A legal dispute. And the reason why this is significant is because he's basically the face of this truther movement or, or this conspiracy theory movement. And I'm not here to suggest that every conspiracy theory is real. Some of them are totally left field as far as I'm concerned. But at the same time, okay, there are a lot of uh, quote unquote conspiracy theories that are not theories. They're actually conspiracies and they're being covered up. And why his lawsuit is significant is because it's like if you can take him down and it's not just that they took him down god bless you brother randy i'm gonna I'm I'm add you on in just one second brother it's not just that um they took him down but it's that they had a lawsuit and they hit his pockets real real hard i'm gonna bring you on in one second randy real real hard um so what i want to do real quick is i want to uh I was going to share this article, but I'm going to just read the headline and then bring Randy on. And I'll talk about this a little bit later. This headline says Alex Jones, $49.3 million verdict and the future of misinformation. So we got this idea of misinformation. God bless you, brother. You got anything you want to say about this topic? Hey, hey, Greg, how's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself? Um, I'm good, man. 
Hey, uh, it's interesting that you're talking about, um, you know, why are, why are people uncomfortable with the truth? One of the things I've been thinking about last couple of days, and I've been researching, um, uh, postmodernism. Um, have you heard of it? I have heard about okay. it. All right. So, you know, I've, I've heard about it uh, here and there, but, you know, last couple of days, I've been really researching um, the philosophy. And, you know, we don't really realize how how important philosophy is to um, our lives and our society. But it's it's very important. If you look at if you really kind of look at human history, it could really be broken down into eras of philosophy. So I'll give you an example. Um, if you um, are familiar with the Enlightenment era, right? So maybe about, I don't know exactly the time range, but you would say maybe about from like the 1600s to the, to like the 1800, you had this. And the thing about philosophy is it takes time. It's like a seed that's planted and um, it's normally planted by thinkers. And then it starts to permeate like the culture and the society at large. Mm -hmm. But um, before that, we came into this era that we're living in currently, like, you know, the United States, the era of the United States, there was an era of um, monarchs and monarchs and also very, very uh, strong state led religions. And so back in those days, uh, there were thinkers who came up with this idea and it, it, it basically became a school of thought and they all kind of grouped together because they all basically agreed. It was like the enlightenment era. And basically what they were saying is like one of their major points was that the individual himself has um, the agency and the right to go ahead and pursue um, his idea of for his life. Right. People were living in monarchies. They were living in feudal systems. So basically there were class systems like you were born as a noble and you were expected to be a noble. There wasn't much, you know, migration or economic uh, development. Um, you basically were born into what you, you were. And right. so um, and then on the religious aspect, you know, you had state led churches and religion and you were a Catholic and basically you didn't have the. Um, you didn't have the ability to question your religious leaders, the, whatever the Pope, the Bishop, the Colonel, whatever those people said, um, that's what it was. And so you had this philosophy that, um, uh, that some, some English and British people, and then some, um, French people as well. And basically after a few years, maybe several hundred years, um, basically these ideas led to what we, um, see in history is the American Revolution and the French Revolution. People forget that the revolution that took place um, um, in the United States wasn't just an independent thing, right? Mm -hmm. With the uh, with the settlers, it wasn't just an independent thing. This was something that was taking place all over the world, as far as the people who were influenced by you know the Enlightenment thinkers. One of the thinkers I think was like John Locke. Right. And this whole idea, people started to question the monarchs. They started to question the religious structure. And they're like, man, we 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 want freedom, you know, mm. and that became like a major theme for uh, the settlers and the people who ultimately developed like the de democratic governments um, around the world. And so we have been living in that era um, 
you know, uh, up to now, essentially. And, you know, you had a show a couple years back, you know, oh, not no, a couple weeks back. We were talking about is America a blessed nation? Right. And we were talking about, you know, it could be, you know, it could be true that it's a blessed nation or it's and it's a cursed nation. And you can see like that whole idea of freedom. And I'm going to get to postmodernism in a, in a second. That yeah, whole idea right. of freedom is a two edged sword. You know, it's a two edged sword. It, it, you know, it, it you is. see how, you know, um, we can probably both agree that the individual um, should have the right to be able to pursue whatever it is that he um, deems to uh, make his life happy. You know, um, you know, we don't I don't I'm not comfortable with the idea of a person being born a certain class and then they just they, they just are stuck in that class. You know, you want some sort of uh, mobility to be able to define life for yourself and find purpose and meaning for your life. Mm-hmm. However, um, there needs to be some sort of restraint that society needs to put on people's freedom. OK, um, so let's fast forward to the era that we're living in now. Um, there's a term called postmodernism, and that is the idea that um, we have moved beyond the modern era. So that um, philosophy that I just described, like the Enlightenment era, um, that basically developed the modern world before that era took place even like the industrial revolution hadn't taken place yet what we call the modern world today was developed in that stage and um and and, in that era and but in the 60s you started to have some thinkers and they developed a school of thought called the postmodern era and one of their tenets and one of the things that they believe is that the truth cannot be understood. Wow. Um, you and I and humans cannot, um, we don't have the capacity to acquire the truth. We don't have the apparatus in order to, um, to acquire the truth. All we can understand is life from our own identity and our own um, class. So if I am a black man, I look at the world through the lens of a black man. If I'm a black female, I look at the world through the lens of a black female. And um, it's interesting because, you know, um, there's parts of that that I agree with. Um, There's definitely parts of that that I agree with. But ultimately, what these thinkers are targeting is that basically you um, you basically legit, legitimize everybody's you actually simultaneously legitimizes everybody's interpretation mm-hmm. and at the same time Lee legitimize everybody's interpretation there is no ultimate interpretation and one of the things that uh one of the ways that you see this permeate in this world is like your truth my truth you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um also when we were in school one of the things that you would see when we did a reading assignment or stuff like that the teacher would say there are no this is an open-ended question right there aren't no right answers so um one of the things that uh the postmodernists and philosophers in general, um, one of the kind of the immediate um, uh, area that they study and they kind of interpret the philosophy kind of spreads out is literary, like literary interpretations. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the um, one of the ways that they train the populace and the population, the people who aren't academic, 
um, but firsters and whatnot, and necessarily thinkers, how to think along the lines of their philosophy. So they start to train you like, hey, you know, there is no, this is an open-ended question. There is no right answer to this. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're living in now. There's this idea that there is no such thing as reasoning. Um, there is no such thing as truth. Um, all there is is that um, I am of a certain identity group and you are of a certain identity group and we merely interpret the world through the lens of our identity group. And right. so um, what this what this does is that it basically, like I said, legitimizes people's interpretation. But more specifically, when we want to talk about the spirituality and the the battle that we're in um, with, when it comes to uh, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, um, I don't have a problem a person saying that um, I may have certain biases because of my background and the things that I've been influenced by. That could be um, that could be legitimately true about a lot of the things that I may say. However, when it comes to the word of God, um, when the word of God speaks, people want to say that these were just merely men, um, whether you say patriarchal men or whatever. These are merely men interpreting the world. They don't have no ultimate truth. And that's where it becomes problematic, because um, when God comes and he his his spirit comes and he sends his word when he speaks and comes into the man. He's speaking from outside of this world. He's not speaking as a man. He's not speaking as a person who's just trapped with in this certain box or this certain identity. When he says thou shalt not kill, he is speaking as God, um, and though he uses man. And so postmodernism is, is essentially is very demonic, right? Yeah. Because um, it, it, it basically says there is no truth and we have no ability to come to truth. But we know there is truth. And the means by which we come to truth, being Christians, we've come to truth through the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth through the word of God, Jesus Christ. And that is a truth that is outside of us. But we can agree with it. We can submit ourselves to it. And so this is what we see in this world. When we see these people like that professor that you were just uh, playing in that video, I'm saying, you know, there's no, you know, you know, there's no such thing as a woman. Um, The. These people, it sounds like they're crazy. It sounds like it doesn't make a lot of sense. It sounds like they're not logical. Mm-hmm. But what we're missing is it's intended to be that way. Mm. It's intended to be that way. It's purposeful. It's, it's purposeful because um, they are under a spell. Yeah, they are pur- under purposeful a, for being, what goal, though? Okay, that's the other thing that I kind of want to get into. When you mm-hmm. kind of look into postmodernism, the the main idea of me saying there is no such tr- there is no truth, there is no such thing as reason. Um, knowledge cannot be a means by which you can obtain truth. The main purpose and agenda behind that is to deconstruct social classes. Mm. That's what it's that's what it's peer to. That's what it's um, attached to. It's um, so when you see uh, political groups such as like Black Lives Matter and, and things like that, you try to tell them, hey, yeah, Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. That would seem like a reasonable type of 
you know, a reasonable type of suggestion to say, you know, all lives matter. But the reason why they will um, hold on to the anthem of Black Lives Matter is because there is an agenda. Um, this is also a postmodern on um, this group as well. Um, mm -hmm. When they say that we are trained Marxists, um, that's basically a lot of Karl Marx's idea. Um, right. It's intertwined with postmodernism. But when they say, you know, Black Lives Matter, the reason why they want to kind of cling to that is because there is this um, idea that we want to overthrow um the the oppressors we want to overthrow the class structure that exists because um there's no legitimate interpretation and therefore the way this world and power structure and hierarchies have been set up is simply based on whose interpretation we have value but since mm -hmm. everyone's interpretation is equally value let's give the other people the so-called disenfranchised people an opportunity to value their perspective and their so that people say let's hear you know uh voices of you know the gays and the lesbians let's hear the you know like you hear people say oh yeah. let's hear these other people's voices let's hear these other new voices um and, and this is kind of the agenda behind that Right. You know, what's fascinating about what you said is just the idea that these I that the idea that these ideas <laughs> are used to overthrow classes and power. Mm. And the irony of this is the main propagators of a lot of these ideas that we have today are. Mostly like white liberals. Like it's not exclusively them, right? But it's it's mm -hmm. like affluent Americans, you know what I mean? College educated Americans. If you look at their quality of life, it's probably like a 99th percentile quality of life if you look at it over human history. First world problems, no real issues. And so when I hear sure. you say that the idea is to overthrow power, it made me think about who would be the target that they're trying to overthrow? If I'm already at the pinnacle of what my quality of life is, I'm not in a third world country. I'm not missing any meals, right? To me, it seems like the, the idea behind a lot of the messaging that we have today is to overthrow God. And that's kind of where Absolutely. I am with this, th with this uh, um, talk. You mentioned it, what they might call the patriarchy or religious oppression or something like that. You know, ironically enough, I first heard about postmodernism in a church setting um, years ago when I first got saved. It was, it was probably like 2013. And I went to a uh, conference up in Princeton and... Uh, a, a young pastor or at that time he was a preacher he's a pastor now invited me and they were talking about how the church is supposed to function in a postmodern era and that was mm. when i first discovered it way back in like 2013 maybe 2014 or so and so what we have now is an era where the church needs to function um but we have opponents, right? Because there's somebody that's actively trying to overthrow the church. Because if you're trying to overthrow Christ and we are the body of Christ, then that means you're trying to overthrow the church. You know, I was um 
I wanted to ask a question too, because you you mentioned that, and I won't get too deep into it because I know it's not the crust of the discussion, but you mentioned that there were some parts about people not being able to really know truth that you agree with as far as postmodernism. So ex elaborate on that a little bit for me. Well, the scripture says, um, if God be true, then um, if let God be true and let every man be alive. Let God be true and let every man be alive. And the way I hear that scripture is that if God is true, then we are all liars. Mm. If God is true, then we're all liars. And I'm a liar. You're a liar. All flesh are liars. Mm. And so where does that lie come from? Well, we're in our flesh. We're in our flesh. And our, our mental capacity and our cognitive apparatus, our thinking ability, is not going to perfectly interpret the physical world. Because that's what science is trying to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I agree with that. Um, are some of the things that I say uh, based on my biases as a person that is... Um, of like an immigrant background, black male, that type of stuff. Most likely, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but there, something happened to me, right? Something happened to me, and um, and for a moment in time, uh, I was separated from that idea of myself and what I've always always viewed as myself. Um, and basically, I went to the cross and I, I receive a light, a revelation from outside of this realm. And I realized that I am a lie. I realized I am a lie. I'm not the truth. And everything that I'm trying to do in order to, in my best efforts to be able to interpret the truth, get to the truth, um, I really don't have no power to be able to do that. But God is the truth and he has the ability to guide me in truth. Yeah. Um, so when I say that, you know, post my, I, I agree with the idea that us humans cannot perfectly interpret the physical world. However, you know, but postmoderns, they're very extreme with it. In other words, they say, you know, you know, because I, I do believe God has given mankind the ability to reason and to be able to acquire knowledge and kind of get closer to the truth through kind of like their mental capacity or at least be able to gain wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. At least be able to gain wisdom in, a, in to be better able to interpret the physical world. So if I, if I do one thing and let's say I, I injure myself, okay, nine out of 10 times, I'm going to understand that I, I should be doing that thing. So we at least have that ability. Um, but they kind of completely throw out all reason. And like they completely throw out and invalidate every single interpretation. This is right. why you can have infinite numbers of genders. Yeah. Because I, they're thrown there. Now finish that point. You know, th yeah, they're thrown out um, science. They're thrown out, you know, any concrete way of interpreting the world. Everything has to be fluid. And they do all this, they sacrifice all this simply so that they can deconstruct the world and build it back up into the image that they want to, to make it into. Right. 
And I asked that because I just wanted to get 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 your perspective on that. And it does make sense. You know, I believe that there are concrete, absolute truths, right, um, that that we can perceive universally. You know, I get what the postmodernists are teaching and things like that. Um, I also agree that there are a lot of uh, ideas and things that we perceive that we interpret as truth but aren't necessarily truthful, right? Um, in a way, I kind of believe that you don't really know if anything is absolutely true unless you were like there to experience it or God told you specifically. And what I mean by that is this, right? And I'm, I always give this extreme example. Um, let's say that, uh, okay, uh, if I if I wanted to ask somebody, okay, prove to me that slavery existed in the United States of America. Now, do I believe it existed? Of course I do, right? If I, if you were to ask me if that's the truth, I would say yeah, it is, right? Just for the sake of conversation. But there's no legitimate way that anybody can actually prove that to me. What they'll probably do is cite um, historical records. Um, they'll probably cite personal testimonies from other people or their descendants. They'll probably go to financial records. They'll probably cite the name of ships. It, it'll be a whole lot of circumstantial evidence, right? Sure. That would obviously lead it to be truthful. And from that perspective, I have the... Um, this is the way I, I view things. Like you said, the wisdom, I have the wisdom or the litmus test to be able to say, okay, I believe that that's truthful. But okay. honestly, honestly, technically, I'm, this is like a whole technical thing I'm getting into. Nobody can technically prove to me that it existed because I wasn't there to experience it. And that's right. kind of the way that, that I see truth. But that being said, there are absolute truths, right? Um, there's the truth of uh, what a man is and what a woman is. Um, there's a truth that, you know, there's there's a sun that exists, okay? They tell me it's X amount of miles away. It may be, it may not be, but I know it exists, right? <laughs> um, so there's, mm -hmm. there's some concrete truths, but I see how the postmodern people can kind of um, take that idea I just explained and right. run with that. I want to say one one quick thing, just a funny story that I didn't even think about before starting this discussion. I saw something on Instagram earlier today, and you know the Biggie song, uh, Biggie Notorious B.I.G. He has a song, mm -hmm. uh, probably his most popular verse. Uh, I can't. Remember, I think it's called. I don't know. It's Juicy. No, it's not Juicy. But yeah, whatever. Juicy. Oh. Not, well, the song, the, the thing is, it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up yeah. Magazine. One of the most mm -hmm. iconic verses in rap history, right? Right. Today, allegedly, I found out that there was an artist in Mississippi named Notorious B1. Okay. And he... Uh, he shipped, this is the way the story is told, he shipped his song 
all throughout all the major record labels because he was trying to get a deal. Mm-hmm. And the way his song sounded, it basically was the same as Biggie's song. Now the lyrics were different, mm-hmm. but 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 the concept and the, the beat and the cadence and the flow, it was all the same. And allegedly <laughs> all the same. And allegedly this guy <laughs> was like fighting it and fighting it. And then finally Biggie died and he just kind of left it alone, I guess, out of respect. But mm. I say all of that to say, if you would have asked me yesterday, is that Biggie song? Did he come up with it? You know, I would have, you know, is he an original artist? I would have said, yeah, that's true. But yeah. today I found out because I was not there. Right. Yeah. Allegedly, there's a whole nother side to that story. Right. And um, see, this this is what. I want to say the devil because that's what really what we're dealing with. The devil um, can, whenever he can create reasonable doubt, that's that's enough for him. That's where he can play, you know, and and that's where like the postmodern era is about. It's about okay, all right, we can create reasonable doubt. Like for example, you're talking about um, just just before you said that did the slavery happen? Despite the amount of evidence that I can present to you that would logically conclude for you, if you were a thinking reasonable person, that slavery did in fact happen, um, the fact that I can create a reasonable doubt, then um, I can use that reasonable doubt to basically um, dismiss all the evidence, Mm. dismiss all the evidence. So if you if you see like you know this whole idea of believe all women, that's a post that's a truly that's the essence of postmodernism as it relates to like the courts and and evidence and stuff like that. This is a group of women who voices, uh, according to these people, have been disenfranchised. Um, you know, people don't hear them. Um, they they don't come out because they believe that people won't believe them. Therefore, I'm going to create this doctrine that says believe all of them. Forget about evidence, forget about, you know, um, facts and, and, and anything like that. I'm just going to say, believe all of them. And so that's where we are with, with, with this type of um, philosophy. Um, the devil, his, his play is to create doubt in us. Um, now, the thing about doubt is that doubt is actually a good thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Doubt can be a good thing um, because, um, if I just believe every single thing, you know what I mean, uh, then how am I going to be able to um, do my own research and be able to come to uh, a, a truth? Um, but when you start doubting what God said is going back to what the devil did to Eve in the garden. Um, he said, did God really say this? He created a reasonable doubt. And now her world was kind of shaken because she didn't know whether or not she could believe God or believe this new um, interpretation that was um, in front of her. And wow. so that's that's the play. The play is to create doubt. One of the key terms in like philosophy in general, um, you know, is skepticism. Skepticism. And it's mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, postmodernism is like hyper skepticism. It's like you're hyperly skeptical about 
everybody and everything and all interpretations. And um, you basically classify um, interpretations that um, that you said there are concrete truths that have been well established. Oh, that's patriarchal. That's um, whatever, however you want to deem that, um, that's, you know, imperialism, whatever, you, however you want to deem that, and you just dismiss it, and you don't, and then you, there's a void, and because of that void, then Satan is able to be able to uh, birth whatever it is that he wants to birth. Um, mm -hmm. In the Bible, it says there's a time to, there's a time to uh, kill, and there's a time to, uh, um there's a time to destroy and there's a time to build up, right? There's a time to uproot and there's a time to, to plant something. Right. And the, the devil also practices that same principle. Um, skepticism, doubt, reasonable doubt, those are the things that he uses in order to kind of take away that seed of truth that's been planted in us and take that away in order to create a void. Now, we don't have any means of legitimizing or esteeming one interpretation or one belief over the other and now everything is acceptable everything is valid right and you know you mentioned that ultimately satan is behind all of it and it just kind of made me think about the idea of people who follow that being satanists right um a satanist as i've mentioned on here before is not somebody that worships satan but it's somebody who follows this religion that you can basically do what you want to do. And so what's happening is people are uh, who are skeptical of everything. And then they are uh, availing themselves to whatever they perceive. It's allowing them to form their own realities. And basically, AKA to be my own God, because God is who formed reality so when they take on this whole uh thing of all right now i can okay if i want to be this this day if you know for example i think demi moore she was going by they and then recently she said oh i want to go back to she and then maybe like next year she might want to be he it's 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 a god complex and mm. i think uh today with so much um uh lack of parenting with so much narcissism um with so much vanity these ideas are taking steam because folks are saying okay wait a minute i'm not married to this idea i'm not bound to the patriarchy i'm not i'm not governed by any rules i can be my own god if i want to be uh, a man on thursday and a woman on friday i can do that and so what happens and in, in going to the, the overall question of today, why are people so uncomfortable with the truth? Um, the truth, meaning that regardless of how how we interpret things or what we're actually privy to. Uh, probably you and I can agree that there is a reality like there is a reality, right, that God created and that reality that God created, whether we understand it fully whether we understand one percent of it it has truthful boundaries right and so when somebody is, is is confined to that and then you and then you uh tell them you don't have to be confined to that but then you come back and you present them with those boundaries that they really cannot escape 
it feels as though from their perspective that you've crushed their reality. And that's the reason why the truth is so offensive to people because they formulated these entire philosophies, realities, my truth, my world, my perspective, I'm my own God. And then as soon as you come and you present something that they cannot escape, it's literally like you're crushing their world. And then it makes anybody yeah. who tells the truth appear to be a villain, right? And that's exactly why the guy in that clip I showed really couldn't get around um, that question. So he just had to use a lot of defense mechanisms. Yeah. Um, but the important part is, and this is the thing I have to rip up that we have to, to realize, particularly as Christians, um, we can't present truth unless we're standing on the word of God. Because um, you ever heard like when people say that uh, you can attack the you can attack the messenger, but um, you can't attack the message or something like that. Basically, this idea that um, you can anybody can prove me to be an inadequate messenger or prove you to be an inadequate messenger based on just they can say, oh, well, he's a racist. That's one of the biggest things now. Right. If anybody says anything. You can just accuse them of being a racist and then you just dismiss them. Mm -hmm. But if I come to you and say the Lord God, the God of this world, the God above this world, beyond this world is saying to you, don't do this. Um, that's the only place that I can truly stand on the truth. If I try to use science and this is why postmodernism for as weak as as weak as these people are in terms of their argument, um, they can always chop down the messenger. And if they can chop down the messenger, um, they can undermine the message. But if I come as a servant of God, if I come as a man of God, if I come not with my own word, and Jesus said this, Jesus said, hey, um, you know, even Jesus said this, right? So Jesus said, you know, I don't come with my own word or my own doctrine, but I come. He says, you know that I'm, you know that I'm not a liar because I don't come with my own word or my own doctrine. Um, I, I come with the word of that of the one who sent me. Mm -hmm. um, when you're not motivated, see, when you're not motivated for your own self-interest, right? Um, you're not politically motivated by your own self-interest. Uh, what, what, what agenda is going to interest me as, you know, based on my identity group or whatever? When you're not motivated by your own self-interest and you're simply motivated by the exaltation of truth, then you can stand on God's power and be able to say, um, this is the absolute truth. But the danger is a lot of these people, uh, particularly like these political people, um, you know, not to be really specific, but like, you know, a lot of these conservatives, they're trying to use reason. They're trying to use logic. They're trying to use science. And nothing seems to be able to, you know, the postmodernists, the people who just kind of believes in their, their truth, they're, they're, they're strong in that nothing seems to, to, to stop it. You know what I mean? I mean, even though, you know, a lot of these kind of uh, argument when you kind of cornered them like that, they look really crazy. 
but they're still able to kind of wiggle and stuff like that. But when you say the Lord God said this, that's when you really get them uncomfortable. Maybe, right? Maybe. <laughs> and, I, and I only say that because uh, people are rejecting the word of God today. Like we can present the word of God, but mm -hmm. they still have an, an option to reject it. Now, does it bring more conviction to them? I'm imagining you know what I mean? Because it's it's weightier when you say that God. Well, I, what I'm saying, what I'm, yeah, what I'm saying is, for your own sake, for your own strength, for your right. own conviction, because um, it's a, he's he's the shield, he's the shield. Let him, let him deal with the the wrath. Let him deal with the the accusation because you can actually chop me down. You can scrutinize me. You can break me down. You can call me a name and you can you can basically, you know, chop down the messenger. But if I stand on him and I'm not standing on my own righteousness, I'm not standing on my own ability to think and to reason and to be able to come and present the truth, not my own wisdom, but I'm standing on his wisdom and his righteousness. I am more me myself. I am in a more secure place. Wow. And you know what I was thinking about when you said that is the scripture that says that we're saved by the foolishness of preaching, mm. the foolishness of preaching. And I say that because people do tend to have this idea that I have to, I have to win this a different way. I have to reason this mm. a certain way. I have to, I have to, if sure. they're fighting intellectually, I need to fight intellectually and I think even the guy who did that documentary, Matt Walsh, he was he specifically said he didn't really want to bring religion into it because he feels like that allows people to disqualify it. But that's in mm. a way kind of taken away. And I get his point. But that that is that is a a a a a carnal strategy. You know, that's like an intellectual yeah. strategy to win that mm -hmm. discussion. And maybe that's, you know, maybe for what he was doing, it wasn't necessary for that. Right. But right. that being said, you know what I mean? Um, maybe we don't need all this strategy. Maybe we just mm. simply need the foolishness of preaching. Mm. No. And yeah, like you said, man, I do kind of understand when people um, want to uh not bring god right not to make it about god and i, I do get that i do see that uh kind of temptation to uh to kind of just communicate logically as humans you know what i mean um uh, but i i do believe that's a failure um I, I do believe that's ultimately is a failure because i think that when you invoke the name of jesus um the word of god um it really kind of brings it kind of um cuts through the crap you know what i mean so to speak and you mm -hmm. start to speak to you start to speak to the spirit that's really behind the person wow that that really triggers that 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 spirit um when you're playing the intellectual game you're playing the reason it's 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 almost can be some sort of reasonable doubt it always can be some at hanuman that can be played against you so, yeah, I mean, I do understand that even in the scriptures. Um, see, the thing is, when you're dealing with people with good faith, right, you can kind of speak to them and appeal to their logic. 
right? But if you're dealing with a person that does not care about the truth at all, you see, this is the thing. You have different types of people. When you're dealing with a person that, let's say, that has a like genuine care for truth, but they're misled, you can appeal to their logic and they can accept logic because they have a genuine care of truth. A person that just cares about a, an agenda and wants to push their agenda, they don't care about the truth. Logic is not going to work ever, right? And right. so that's at the time where you need to start to speak to the spirit. And you say to that spirit, I know who you are. And I come, you know, in the name of Jesus. And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, ultimately, it, that's where we're at in this world. You know what I mean? People don't care about the truth. You know what I'm right. saying? They yeah. don't care about the truth. They don't, you know, just like, you know, Demi is Demi Lovato. She can say that. And it's obviously looks crazy, but it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. It's not supposed to be the truth. It's not supposed to be, it's not supposed to make sense. It's all postmodernism and it's all this world where everything's fluid and there is no truth. So I can wow. be one thing today. The next day I can be something else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's, that's a great point. You know, just, you just got to mic drop them. You know what I mean? It's like the saved by the foolishness of preaching. The thing about preaching, preaching does not require explanation. You know, preaching mm. is just simply a proclamation. And mm. sometimes when we go back and forth with people and we try to intellectualize these discussions. We do end up going into explanation. Right. I'm trying to now I'm trying to teach this point. But if the scripture says we're saved by the foolishness of preaching, it simply means that we proclaim. And then what that does is that shows the power of the word itself. You know, mm. that's the mic drop moment mm. like. You know, thus saith the Lord. I think the scripture mm-hmm. even says when Michael, the archangel, was 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 uh, you know uh, disputing about the body of Moses or something like that. He said, "The Lord rebuke you." Right. Mm-hmm. So, to your point, whose power are we coming in when we attack these social issues? Right? Are we? You know, what is our strategy? Our strategy should be the Word of God. Yeah. 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 It's so. When you kind of connect everything together, you see how Satan has really played a kind of brilliant game in the world because um, people don't feel like the Bible, the word of God is an adequate foundation. I have to use science. I have to use other things that people accept as a means to derive to truth, as a means to get to truth logically. And that's kind of the world that we lived in when we talk about the Enlightenment era. You have the scientific method as a means to be able to deal with a question and then arrive to a resolution or a result. And this is what people supposedly um, trusted in. But now you're living in an era where people have, they discard that as well. Um, And so, but I say that to say that Satan has draw out, draw the church out into his terms and agreement and how to engage in this battle. And we're playing by his terms and agreement. But really, we need to just go back to the word of God and say, hey, this is what the Bible says. This is what God said. Yep, final you are authority. a woman and you are a man. This is what God said. Yeah. Yeah. Proclamation shows a final authority. 
You know, that's what that's yeah. really doing is saying who actually is in charge. I know who's in charge and I'm telling you what he says. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Thanks for hopping. All right, on, man. man. I, I appreciate yes, it always, man. Have a good one. Yes, sir. All right. Take care. All right. Peace. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I'm glad Brother Randy hopped on. Um, And you can you can follow Brother Randy at Arch Prophet Music. Um, he's making music now. So praise God for that. Uh, I know fo folks won't come on here and self-promote, so I give them a shout out uh, at Arch Prophet Music. But yeah, um, great points. Let's get to some comments. A lot of comments here. I want to get through them pretty quickly. Sister, and I'm obviously I'm way at the top because this I'm just now starting to read them. Sister B says, "Brother, I see lots of people believing their own lies these days. Lots of mental health problems in the world. I agree. Mental health problems. I believe they're fueled by by spiritual um, lack. You know what I mean? Spiritual issues as well. All right." Sister Yvette says, I love this topic because the generations I've seen come up in the 30 years of teaching in elementary school have gotten lots of facts given to them and very few of us willing to teach difference between truth and facts. Identity has been under attack since I could remember and delusion is increasing in the world. This is a battle that Excuse me. This is a battle. And that guy looks like a minion of that prince you referred to earlier. Yeah, I understand that. You know, truth, I always say, is a final destination. Um, facts are just facts are just evidences that can lead you to truth. Right. But they're not necessarily um, the final authority. You know what I mean? Um I can give some examples, but hopefully y'all understand what I'm talking about. Sister Roxanne says, people don't want to hear the truth, the truth. The Bible states people will believe a lie before they would believe the truth. The truth, as Sister Roxanne says, everyone feels that their truth is right. Wow. Yeah. And God said he would give them a strong delusion, you know, because they were lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of truth right so so not only do we need to know the truth because you know what that scripture really suggests is that instinctively we do know the truth right so everybody kind of knows the truth or at least um god has made a way through his word for people to to to, to be exposed to the truth but then you have to love it you know what I mean? You have to love it. So you're going to have lovers of truth and you're going to have haters of truth. And we know truth is Jesus Christ. He's the word of God. So really, you can look at it as do you love the word of God or do you hate the word of God? And I think that's what we're dealing with. A lot of people, they know what the Bible says. They know what's in there. <laughs> at least in America, they do. But they don't love it. They hate it. You know, I hate that it says God created them male and female. OK, I hate that it says, uh, you know, um, that that, you know, uh, fornication and adulterers and liars and, and, and all of these drunkards will not inherit, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Right. I don't love that. It says that I hate that it says that. And so 
mentality wise, right? We've got to be like, I really love what Randy said about just by bypassing all of the theatrics and the strategies and playing with Satan's rules that he's established and just doing what I call the mic drop. Thus save the Lord. The word of God says this, take it or leave it. Because that's saying somebody can put an end to this, right? Truth is a destination point. It's something that you arrive at. It's something that has an authority. So it's saying God is the authority. Jesus Christ of Nazareth daughter says, if the truth lives in you, it's hard to live a lie. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, hold on. B says, knowing the truth heals our hearts and minds. Even if the truth is uncomfortable, we can't live in a fantasy to avoid it. You said a key word, fantasy, but it's a little too late for me to get into that. But we are being engineered to be more focused on fantasy than reality. I think I shared on here maybe like two months ago, I discovered what a fictosexual is. And it's basically a guy or, or a person rather who is attracted to fictional characters. And uh, <laughs> sorry, I should be laughing. Um, but this guy, right, he had some some sort of character, anime character that was his girlfriend or his wife, but it was fictitious. And a company stopped running the software for the program he was using to to you know relate and have a relationship with this character and his world was crushed right they did a whole article i think it was a japanese guy and i say that to say the danger in forming these personal realities is that as soon as you're confronted by real truth or as soon as you're confronted by uh circumstances that confront your reality like them shutting the program down and now he can't even talk to his little doll baby or whatever it is now you've invested so much in a lie and a lie is temporary it's a vapor it's fleeting but the truth is permanent it's absolute jesus said heaven and earth are going to pass away but my words, my word, it will never pass away. And, and that's the security of following Jesus Christ is that we know whether I like it or not, right? Whether I like it or not, it's true. And I know it's not going anywhere. I know it's not temporary. Sister Yvette says, yes, inconvenient because the because then the plumb line would cause uncomfortable choices we've made. Hence, discipline would then mandate change. Man, y'all said some good stuff. Y'all can't say stuff like this after eight o'clock. <laughs> Sister Rossanne says, amen, Brother Greg. Folks are anti-Christ. Yeah, we just got to pray for them. And just like Randy said, we got to stand behind the power of the word of God. Getting back to the basics. Moni says the truth is hated by people who are governed by their flesh and not willing to change. Yeah, that's that, that, there's that word again, change. Knowing the truth can be heartbreaking, such as in an unfaithful marriage, but it's better to cut it off sooner than later. Okay, I can get that. That's a good example of when people say the truth hurts. 
right? Um, but but that person was living a lie. That person presented you a lie. Uh, but I definitely get it. I, I understand what folks mean when they say the truth hurts. But my thing is, really, it's the lie that's doing the damage. Because the lie was always the truth, if that makes sense. Meaning that um, the person was unfaithful, right? And, and, and that's the real issue, right? Not that you found out about it, but that what was happening in reality uh, was reality. Praise the Lord. Um, yeah, God is just so good. Sister Brittany says, many people have been given over to a strong delusion, if you ask me. I would agree with that. B says, if you don't believe the lies thrown out there, basically you are hated and despised. You know, we talked about this idea of skepticism. I'm not a postmodernist, obviously, but I am basically skeptical of everything. But the difference is I'm, I am anchored to Jesus Christ and the word of God and the fact that God is true. So I have an anchor. And then because I have that anchor, which is Jesus Christ, I now become skeptical of everything else other than Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean that everything other than Jesus Christ might not be true or factual in that moment. Some of it is, most of it's probably not, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm like basically skeptical of anything that I don't believe, you know, comes from God. If, if God has a sound off on it, let's put it that way. And so this is why when y'all hear me come on here and y'all hear me talking and y'all probably like brother Greg be talking crazy. Cause I really don't believe this stuff. And I know ultimately the little G God of this world, as Paul called him, referring to Satan, is in charge of this world. So I have to test everything. Bible says, try to spirit by the spirit. I have to I have to scrutinize everything. Eve in the Garden of Eden, Eve in the Garden of Eden should have used skepticism when the serpent approached her. Because she was already, she should have already been married to the word of God. And, and really nothing is supposed to break up a marriage, right? So if you got something that's coming to disrupt this truth that I've already, uh, that I'm holding on to, I have to scrutinize it. And I think she did, you know, they had a little bit of dialogue, but it didn't take much. Because as soon as she was presented with another truth, that she actually loved more. You see, Eve, I don't know what Eve thought about the, the rules that God gave them. You can have partake of every tree except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't know what she really thought about it or how she felt about it. But what happened is Satan presented her a lie that she thought was true. And she said, man, this thing he's telling me is a better deal than what God told me. In fact, what he's telling me is that I can actually be like God and I can know good and evil. And she received that. She, she rejected when God said, ye shall surely die. 
And when she received that because she thought she had a better offer, it meant that she loved the lie more than she loved the truth, even though she thought the lie was the truth. And so I guess what that means is the real question we have to ask ourselves is, do I believe that God is true? Do I actually believe that Jesus Christ is the truth? Because if I actually believe that, nothing should be able to shake me. Okay. Talking about foundation on Thursday's Bible study. Nothing should be able to shake me because of this foundation that I have. And that's pretty much where I am with it. Paul said, look, if me, if me or an angel from heaven come and tell you something other than what we first told you about the gospel, let him be accursed. So we got to make a commitment. Do I believe that Jesus Christ is the truth? Because we got to stand on something. And that's the thing. People don't want to stand on stuff. So they just create these, uh, these own, their own realities. Yes, it's demonic and atheistic. Absolutely. Transhumanistic. Yeah, that was from earlier. <laughs> Sorry, I got to get mature one day. Sister Marcia said, I feel like we are looking at Satan's children and the remnants of the Nephilim. You could be on to something. Um, we need discernment in these times because, uh, we don't want to write somebody off. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, we might, we might, we might need discernment. God told Saul, don't pray. Excuse me. God told um, Samuel, don't pray for Saul anymore. Saul has been rejected. Unless you have some extreme discernment or you have a personal revelation from God, we don't know what percentage of these people are overtaken by demons. So I'm not going to look at somebody just because they tattooed up from head to toe and they, you know, identified as a frog. You know what I mean? I'm not going to assume that they cannot be saved. Are they pretty far gone? Yeah, they are. But God is more powerful than the biggest and the baddest. But if God looks at that person and says, Saul has been rejected or the Holy Spirit says reprobate mind or something like that, then in that case, you know, all right, hey, look, hey, look, you, hey, that's between you and the Lord. The Lord watch between me and thee. Marcia says, I've never in my life witnessed so many people who hate Jesus since I started believing in him 40 years ago. Definitely an uptick in rebellion and lawlessness. And that probably has a lot to do with when this postmodern era kicked off. Because I think Randy said it started maybe in the 60s. B says, I see so much homelessness and young people lost in depression and drugs. So much darkness. Yeah. We all need a savior. We really do have a God-shaped hole in our hearts if we don't have Christ. Man, great comments. I'm going to go to the bottom a little bit. Forgive me for not being able to get to every comment. Uh but I'm at the bottom now and I'm going to kind of close it out here. Uh, Brittany says, I feel people will believe whatever the new thing is, even if that thing isn't based in reality. There isn't a strong foundation to stand on. I agree. And that's that's really all it is. It's like people don't like the word of God. You know, if it says... Um, Wives submit to your husbands, but then 
feminism tells you you're equal or superior to your husband. They don't like that. If it says that you should not, um, you know, uh, y'all know all the things, the different things that the Bible says. It just simply boils down to folks not liking it and ha and feeling as though they have a better option. I don't trust it just from a logical perspective. Yeah, I think that's a continuation of a previous comment. Moni says, for once, I'm glad I never fit in. I'm grateful for being able to march to the beat of my own drum because I can't be a part of this foolishness. Well, there's a lot going on. And what's happening is the darker the world becomes, the bright, the, the more a believer stands out. A city that's set up on a hill cannot be hidden. So we haven't changed. We're still, you know, if you've been saved and you've been following Jesus Christ, we haven't changed. The word of God hasn't changed. It's just that the world is getting darker and it's becoming more fallen. So what that means is that we as believers begin to stick out how? Like a sore thumb. Uh, but don't believe you're a sore thumb. Believe that you're the salt of the earth. Believe that you're the light of the world, right? Um, not fitting in can be interpreted a lot of different ways. It can be interpreted as, man, I'm the odd man out, or it can be interpreted as, man, I'm the only one that got some sense around here. <laughs> but it really all depends on, you know what I mean, um, how you feel about it. They need to stop coming up with a name for all this foolishness. Well, yeah, we talked about that before. You got to name this stuff because that's how you form the reality through words. This is an interesting comment. Wang PB says, I was fictosexual once. I was deeply interested in anime and movies until I found God. Never again. Satan is after us in the media and what we watch too. Well, you know what, uh, Wang? That's actually believable. Because I've, I've never really gotten into anime, um, but I do know that anime seems to have a very strong parallel with pornography. And I say that because I've seen these anime characters like the females, and I, I even know that they do have anime pornography, right? And so it is wired to kind of make you look at this fi fictional, ficto character in a sexual way. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely plausible. And that guy that I mentioned, he went out and actually bought a whole, a whole, um, subscription, <laughs> you know, uh, but thank you for sharing that, you know, and praise God. Like you said right here, praise God for giving you the spirit of truth. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, man, when we out in the world, we done all did some crazy stuff. And I thank God that I'm clothed and in my right mind, right? He's still working on me, but I just thank God that I have the good sense to be clothed and in my right mind. Glory to God. Brittany says, left is right and up is down in a postmodern world. It's truly tragic. There is no foundation, no standards. And that's what they want. The Bible puts it this way. Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil. 
B says, I can only imagine that Eve spent a lot of time with the serpent. Interesting. Did she? Did she? Like, maybe. But then, like, you know, they say these chicks ain't loyal. All we're given is a conversation. And it's like, man, you just just off a conversation. <laughs> this is why a lot of guys today, man, like you would think, you know, and not to say guys are, you know, super faithful, but um, we're dealing with a different type of woman today. Thanks to feminism. Another discussion. And so a lot of guys really don't have trust and you'd be surprised at what can happen just off of a conversation. Adam probably was like, man, Eve loved me and she loved God. You know, it ain't, it'll take a, it'll take the, 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 the force of a thousand mountains to get her to change her mind. <laughs> Next thing you know, the serpent walked over there, <laughs> spit some of that game. He probably had a toothpick in his mouth. <laughs> I ain't bet. So did God say what you thought he said? <laughs> and the rest is history. Um, all right. Let me get up off here because I'm being silly. Brittany says, I want us to be encouraged even in this darkness. We are on the winning team. Absolutely. We stick it out. Exactly. Sounds like a plot and scheme of the devil, but God will work it out for good. He will work it for good. Yes, he will. God will work it for good. Yeah, just a conversation. I feel you. I ain't mad at that. Um, mm, B says, Adam was so relaxed and trusting. Well, Adam had to have loved something more than the word of God, more than the truth as well. And it was either the lie that the devil had presented him, or it was simply Eve. Okay. Eve was motivated by ambition. I like to believe that Adam was motivated by Eve. And I think that's a lot of the struggle we got going on today. Different solid talk for a different day. As a matter of fact, lately I've been thinking about my personal role in feminism because y'all know I really don't like feminism at all. Um, I think it's horrible for uh, and, and we're bearing the fruit of it today. And I believe most people, uh, almost every woman is probably going to be confronted by a serpent with some fruit for our generation. That fruit is feminism. A lot of women bit it and they're bearing the consequences of it today. But I had to really think about my role in feminism because if I engaged with any woman that adopted that mentality, that was me biting the apple as well. So, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the tenets of feminism is uh, that a woman is as sexually liberated as a man. Okay. Uh, you just live, you can live sexually just as in the nature of a man, right? You have a sexual nature too as a woman. So you just go out and just do what you want to do. Uh, and a man, and, and, and then I guess they never tell you this part. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know what the expectation is after you do that. I guess the expectation is that a guy is still going to want you after that, I guess, right? Uh, I don't know what the ex- – I don't think there is an expectation because it's a lot of instant gratification and no foresight, right? But all of that being said, if I engage with these uh, sexually liberated women – and that means that I contributed to the problem, right? Now, obviously, I'm not a feminist, but but I say all of that to say I can't really be mad at anything socially that I see going on wrong as far as male and female dynamics are concerned if I played a role in it. I can be mad at it from the perspective of my mind has been renewed and I don't agree with it anymore. Right. But I'm just like, man, you know, like, Hey, they, they bit the apple and to a certain degree, I bit the apple as well. You know, I didn't believe a lot of the dumb stuff, but I participated. Now you could argue that I didn't function outside of the realm of how men have always been. Meaning that, you know, Solomon had a thousand wives. I'm not saying that's right, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says. He had, what, 300 wives and 700 concubines or 700 wives, 300 concubines. I get it mixed up. Most of the kings, most of the guys in the Old Testament that we read about have multiple wives, right? Not saying that that's right, but what I am saying is that um, men never switched up. <laughs> like what that tells me is our nature has kind of always been this way. And maybe the woman's nature has been that way, but socially when David's son, I can't remember if it was Absalom or um, I can't remember which son it was, but he slept with David, David's concubines. And that was a big issue. So the idea was like, look, man, my wives, my concubines belong to me. Don't touch them. Now the Bible also had harlots. So I don't I don't know. I guess the purpose of a harlot is that they were like freelance contractors. You know what I mean? Like like these are for everybody. These are for the streets. But apparently David got extreme it was it was like a huge scandal when his son slept with his concubines, not even his wives. So, like I said, another solid talk for another day. I'm not trying to get in trouble. We had a good discussion. I'm not going to get in trouble this late in the discussion. It's time for me to get off of here. Listen, I thank everybody for hanging out with me tonight. God is good. He is worthy to be praised. Be on the lookout for upcoming music videos. Be on the lookout for upcoming short films. Be on the lookout for... Uh, like more presentation type videos. Be on the lookout for more reels, more Monday motivation. That's all I have in this Solid Talk family. You all take care and be blessed. Culture can't keep me in check. If from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. I keep it solid. I'm dropping knowledge, wisdom, understanding, just like you done went to college. Devil know we working, his goal is to try to stop it. Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it. Controversial topics, just to keep it honest.
this Truth hit hard just like it's a blunt object Culture living godless, I can't even call it We in the last days, Babylon is falling don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya Points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya Let's walk and get the best of ya I'm trying to tell you bruh, only a the Shelby say We trying to get the rest Speaking of ya Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, then I grow we trade in places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of the pages, the blood of Jesus covers all my sin and it erases. I pleaded and believe it, so it covers all my bases. Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check. In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. Try and keep my sanity amongst calamity. Social media, nothing more than narcissistic vanity. PC culture on a mission, and they try to cancel me, but I know Jesus gonna. To keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty No I can't handle me Not where I wanna be But best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit Main event and slambery So I need them every day This daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron So I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here But guaranteed the link in heaven The born again and righteous Are the ones he's gonna let in Let's keep the faith And be amongst the saints When they step in